Burrow is a furniture company known for timeless design and thoughtful construction, and free shipping, and that extends to their outdoor collection. Their outdoor furniture is built to withstand the elements, featuring rust-proof stainless steel hardware, weather-ready teak, and quick-dry foam cushions. For Memorial Day, get 15% off your Burrow purchase at burrow.com slash ACAST and up to 25% off outdoor. That's up to 25% off outdoor furniture at burrow.com slash ACAST. If you're making these mistakes, you're failing forward. And that's a good thing. Yeah, rather than sitting still and accepting the status quo. It's like, no, you're not gonna you're not you're not trying hard enough if you're not, you know, like any basketball, you're not you will miss a few shots, but it means you're just taking enough to miss a few as well. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyron Shum and in this episode, we're back with mortgage broker and managing director of Attila Wealth, Aaron Christie David. He will share some investing strategies including his view on rent vesting as well as this, hear about the importance of surrounding yourself with the right people and how believing in yourself can have long-term benefits. In our last conversation with Christy David, he explained some mistakes that he made when he first started investing. Now, when looking for a property to buy, he looks at a variety of criteria. They got to speak to a number of buyers agents and where they're looking to buy. So um, now it's now it's expanding the the search and going, okay, how are we going to buy this? What's the intention? So do we do look at subdivisions? Do we look at doing a building on it? Um, you know, knock it down for duplexes. So we're going through the motions of going through our our chats with our accountant, our financial planner, we've got our numbers sorted and at some stage we just need to pull the trigger and make the damn decision on what we're going to buy but yeah, we, I feel like we've got to this point and like anyone, you get a little bit gun shy because you're like, look, things are working at the moment, you know, business is good from a cash flow perspective, we look at market risk just like everyone else and when's the right time but ultimately it's just fortune favors the brave will make a decision so i'm really excited about the next decision and again like i said knowing what i know now i'm like give it to a professional hand it over to a professional give them the brief don't worry about where it is because that's what we tell our own clients and like we need to take our own advice as well in his business christy david can see his clients come across dilemmas in particular, his younger clients have some tough choices to make. This type of crossroads is where I get with a lot of our younger clients going, okay, look, your double income, no kids. So you've got two options. You, you buy what I call a stepping stone property. So it could be a townhouse, for example, a larger unit, but you are going to outgrow this. So what happens when you outgrow it? You've got two decisions. You either keep it or you sell it versus you buy what I call a stretch property and so you use your income to buy a good house. Now, that house is going to serve you for at least the next five to seven years, but you can grow into it. Potentially, you can then do some renovations or you know, extensions, but you, you're not paying two lots of stamp duty. You're paying one bigger amount of stamp duty, but it means you've got, you don't have that extra move in you. That deposit can then be stretched, for example, but you're, most importantly, your borrowing capacities when you've got two incomes, they're going to be great versus the decision when you go to buy typically is now under duress, which is, hey, we've got a child. We're now down to one full-time income, maybe one part-time income, but a dependent. 
and your borrowing capacity is lowered. Having a lowered borrowing capacity is a potential problem for many people. You don't want to compromise location because you're like, this is where we want to be for our family. And I think there's nothing wrong with that. People may judge and go, well, go in a cheaper location. No, if you, this is where you want to raise your family, this is where you want to be, how do we help you get there? So it may not be now, it may be eventually you get there, but here's the pathway to get there. And that's where I feel like people ask me what business we're in. We're in the confidence business to go, this is how you can do it. These are your options. This is how it can be done. Uh, and as long as we can show people a roadmap or a journey or a pathway to get to where they want to, they know what they're working towards. And I'm, look, rent vesting was great. It served us at a certain time in our place. But just knowing its limitations is I feel like where we need to open that chat up a little bit more to go, okay, just have a think about what happens if you then go to buy your own home and then which properties may you have to sell or highly leverage to try and pull that cash out because where is that cash going to come from to buy your own home? And that's the question a lot of people can't seem to answer. Although rent vesting can be a viable option for some, others are starting to shift away from the idea. Let's explore the drive behind this shift. Property acceleration, property price growth acceleration has just, and the challenge is it's typically, you know, those type of sharp prices have been reserved for say Sydney, Melbourne and Hobart's going through it as well. But when you've got like the Sunshine Coast, the Gold Coast, you know, Adelaide, Perth going through the same motions, like you can't seem to escape it. So you can say rent where you want to live. Yeah, mate, but the rents are through the roof across the whole country in lifestyle areas. So rent where you want to live, typically you choose a great location by the beach, inner city, whatever it's going to be, sea change, tree change. But those areas are through the roof, even to rent. So renting where you want to live now has its own limitation. And then buy where you can afford, well, then affordability just kind of took the back seat because, again, the whole country was on fire. So it was like this double-edged sword for a lot of people. It was like, and then with rates so low, it was actually parity between renting and, and a mortgage repayment, which hasn't that hasn't been around for quite some time. So I was like, well, hang on, you could rent, or you could be your own place, but there's very similar cost. The challenge has been deposits because people needed the deposit to get in, and uh, and because price growth just accelerated so quick, no one had the ability to save that deposit that quickly. And then the other part of that is people don't want to let the property go because if it's a good quality property they then want to keep that as part of their portfolio so then it's this like arm wrestle to go okay so you have to pull the equity out which means you then have a higher home loan balance home loan loan balance versus a lower investment loan balance it's like contrary but it's like well this is the only way unless you had the foresight to make your home loan interest only which again we have that conversation with a lot of people like this is why you need to do it if you're going to if you're going to not be in this home forever um so again, these are all newer conversations that are coming up off the back of some of these you know, stories that we see or experiences that people go through. And this is, these are some of the headwinds that you may come across, but people won't realise it sometimes until it's too late as well. Now they're probably forced to sell that to liquidate, have the cash because no one wants to lug around this giant mortgage either. So that's why they sell it and, and extinguish the debt. Although he has his own strategies, Christy David has made some observations about other investors in their strategies. From my experience, there's there's two types of investors. The ones that are just gun ho they're just going to keep buying and then there's, I'd say the majority are, I'm just going to wait and see and that type of intensity from the market has come out a little bit, rightly so. I just want to see what happens, you know, 
after the election, which has been done. And then I was like, what's happened with rates? And let's see what, you know, what the flow on effect there is as well. Um, you know, vendors have price expectations from over a year ago. So let's just wait for them to negotiate, you know, drop the price a little bit. So because we don't have that rampant market anymore, people can afford to sit around and wait. Maybe not in markets, say Brisbane and, and, and Adelaide at the moment, because they're still, they're still pretty active. But most of the other markets are like, okay, it's starting just to, to cool off a little bit. And so people are just waiting to see. Uh, that's great. That's cool. You know, you don't, you don't need to buy a property tomorrow, but at some point you need to make a decision. And the other part behind this is I'm seeing a lot more of our uh, investor clients now start to be open to commercial. And I feel like that's two parts. One is the yields are great, but also the increased proposition of commercial buyers agents. I feel that's become strengthened and, uh, and a lot of people are now getting confidence off the back of the, you know, they've got equity, property you know, value going up. That's an issue always been with commercial is getting the, getting the deposit because, you know, they've had such a good run on their resi properties. They can pull that out and have a, you know, 30% deposit, 20% deposit for a commercial property, which is on parity from purchase price for a resi property, but much better yields. And, yeah, I feel like that's the next frontier for a lot of investors going, I could buy Resi or I could buy commercial and the commercial seems to be a bit more of a win at the moment. Coming up after the break, we'll hear what resources Aaron Christie Davis uses throughout his property investing journey. Resources would be, I mean, this was all when I was back in the day buying property, there weren't there weren't the Facebook groups. He explains the value of his long-term mentors yeah, someone like I mentioned Brad Seymour over it, you know, when I worked for him under Wizard, he's someone that I've still kept in touch with to this day. He shares the value of a good mindset. The mindset, I mean, that's where the battle is. And that's next. I'm Tyrone Shum and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey there. Over the years, I've built up a portfolio of properties and it's been great to see capital growth. But the challenge I face is the passive income has been quite poor, providing a net return of 3 to 4% per annum. I'd have to buy at least 10 properties or more to generate $100,000 per year. Now, if I had the cash to buy these outright, which I didn't, then I need the help of banks and as they wouldn't lend me more, I was stuck. This is when I start looking into alternative investments where I could use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns and fast track my passive income goal. In a short space of two years, I've been able to achieve this goal and have tripled my passive income instead. Now, if you want to learn more on how I did this, SMS me your name and email address on 04-88-88-31-32 and I'll send you a free report explaining how I did it. Let's jump into what resources Christy David has found helpful along his journey. I mean, this was all when I was back in the day buying property, there weren't there weren't the Facebook groups. There were meetups, right? Or they were like seminars and everyone had their guard up at seminars. You know, you always feel like you're being sold to in one of those seminars. And so you you went to them, but I, I don't know, you went there with almost like an expectation you're being sold to or being spruit to. And so I felt like that almost gave me, 
what's the word? Maybe a false BS radar because some of them were very good, right? And hindsight has showed that they were they, they had the goods. It's just how they went about it felt very salesy, um, and and the buyer's agent proposition just wasn't a thing. There was only a handful of them, so I didn't even know they existed, right? So to me, I'm like, I had a few good friends that were buying property again, more younger. Um, you know, there were there were some good examples about how to buy, um, but I think what happened was. They bought, but they gave up their lifestyle. And being 20 something, I was like, I'd rather have the lifestyle. And again, I traveled, you know, partied, I bought, I bought an expensive sports car. I made all the mistakes. Um, but I guess I got that out of my system as a, as a young one as well. Um, but I was very fortunate. I feel I've gravitated to business, maybe a little bit more than property. Uh, and that's probably why I invest a little bit more in our business as well, because I can control I can control the returns. I can control the, the performance of this business. And uh, I think that's where you know, your mindset question comes into it. One particular resource that Christy David found to be valuable talks about surrounding himself with successful people. So, you know, someone like I mentioned Brad Seymour over it, you know, when I worked for him under Wizard, he's someone that I've still kept in touch with to this day. Uh, and he's, you know, he can give us a nudge. We have a great business coach as well. Uh, I hang around you know, top brokers, for example, I want to surround myself with people that are doing well. And, um, and I, I, you know, from a mindset perspective, I, I, I feel like it's important to give back. So our industry, you know, I do coaching for newer brokers because I've been very fortunate to make it, you know, make it past the first three years, which is the danger zone in mortgage broking and in small business as well. So I feel like there's so many people that have helped me on my path. There's so many big, you know, big brokers, top brokers, successful business owners that have opened their door to me show me here's what you need to do you know hard work and to be smart here's what you need to do and so i feel like now it's my role to then pay that forward a little bit as well um and pass the baton on but as well as being surrounded by great people christy david also thinks that you need to believe in and take care of yourself the mindset i mean that's where the battle is right that's where that's where uh, i don't i don't want to use a war analogy but like, that's that's where the that that real um that's where it's won or lost, you know, as a business owner. Um, you, you've got to believe in yourself. You've got to back yourself. You've got to know that, you know, that you can deliver for people as well. And the next part of that is in having a good quality team around you. And I'm really fortunate that the team that we've gotten, the team that has evolved to what it is today, they're a team of winners. And we tell ourselves that, you know, people trust us, people come to us, hey, man, we're not perfect. You know, we may lose a few clients along the way. That's cool. That's all part of life. Um, and I think that's we're open to having chats about the wins and the losses as well. That's all part of that that mindset. And how do we grow? How do we get better? You know, Bernie and I we've done personal developments. You know, we've put a lot of time and effort into into you know a Tony Robbins, for example, into our own well being. And I feel like the next iteration for us is now the wellness side of it. You know, we've had some really good success in business and as brokers. Now we need to make sure that we don't burn out. And, you know, I, I feel like our team of experts are a little bit more woo-woo these days. So, you know, kinesiologist, Bernie sees someone in Reiki. Uh, I've got an acupuncturist, for example, you know, personal trainer. Now it's all about well-being as opposed to, you know, we've, we've probably proven our path as business owners and as brokers. But now to stay at this, you know, call it an elite level, you need a different type of energy around you as well. 
Maintaining self-care and investing in yourself is crucial when working towards a goal. What's the point of having success if you're not happy? What's the point of having the money if you can't enjoy it? What's the point of having family if you can't be active or be engaged, for example? So, yeah, I feel like the journey that, that we've gone on has taught us, okay, yep, you can do things for money, but if that's your only motivator, you're not going to feel that sense of fulfillment. And, you know, I see that with people that have properties. Yeah, we've got some clients that have got mega portfolios and you've got clients that have got a couple and they're very happy versus the one that have got bigger portfolios. I don't know, like they're, they're still pushing for more. It's like, hey, look, let's just be grateful for what we have. We live in this amazing country. We are blessed with the lifestyles that we have. This is a country that rewards. If you want to work more, you want to work harder, you will get the spoils. But if you want to enjoy it and go to the beach and knock off early and go for a surf, you can do that too. It's like, what an amazing country that we're in. Christy David has learned that it is important to believe in yourself and this is the advice that he would give to his past self. 10 years ago, I was like, I was probably bounding with uh, confidence. So, look, I think it's, uh, it's channel that, channel that energy. Um, but also, and there's probably a saying that I live by these days, which is if you want to go fast, go alone. If you want to go far, go together. And I would probably say, I, I feel like I've always hired too late in our business. And I'm like, have that confidence to hire early and hire, um, hire good quality team members would be my suggestion um, to my younger self. And yeah, don't overthink it. And that's probably something that you hear a lot of people say, don't overthink it, just do it. And sometimes I do get stuck in, you know, third gear, for example, and it's like, no, no, just just push ahead and go straight to fifth gear and um, and having that, you know, that courage to back yourself a little bit. Well said. Yeah, that's really good. I'm curious just to want to sort of delve into asking the question is um, when you said high earlier than, you know, to, to where, where you mentioned that, at what stage though do you, did you realize, okay, maybe you should have hired this person early in the business? Yeah, cash flow aside, I probably, and I was really lucky that Bernie, Bernie gave up her career to join the business. Yeah, so I'm like, technically we hired, but hired because she felt sorry for me. She knew I, I needed the help, right? Um, so <laughs> that's a different one. Um, but yeah, team members, uh, team members to help from a support perspective, you know, um, at the start, yeah, you, know, you do the high-value client work, for example, but support team members, even if it was a part-time capacity. Yeah? So I might know my hourly rate, and if I'm doing something that's below my hourly rate, can I find someone that can do that work? Yeah. For example, you know, picking up the phone all the time, like it was just constantly interrupted. You couldn't be in flow. You couldn't be in any type of deep work because you're constantly just picking up the phone. Yeah. It could be a bank. It could be a new client. Whereas if I had learned earlier just to go, can someone just answer the calls and I'll get back to them and batch my calls, for example, that would have been a smarter move in hindsight. Uh, and so taking someone on in a, even a part-time capacity, because we think we've got to hire someone full-time, get them in the office, and how am I going to work? We'll start them off part-time. And I'm like, that's what I could have or should have done. And I, the penny drop for me, Tyrone, was when I was like trying to hire, again, more so recently, like I need them today but technically they're not going to be in my business for the next three months. You know, you've got months to job ad, recruit, interview, then make the offer, go through the motions, then they've got to give their 30 days notice and then they're going to need a month to onboard with my business and actually learn. And they're, not, they're not actually in any type of rhythm for the first two or three months anyway. So I'm like, 
I'm going to hire now, but I don't actually have the, a resource in my business kicking goals for the next three to four months. Right? It can take them, it can take them longer. And so I'm like, hang on. Yeah, hire fast. So you, you hear this saying like, hire slow, fire fast. I'm like, hire fast, fire fast, for example, would be my spin on it. Um, yeah. Because, yeah, you need them. And it's like, I call hiring a bit like dating. You don't know if you're right for each other until you're in it. Yeah, and it's not to say it's just easy to flick anyone off, but it's like they sometimes aren't right for us and we're not right for them and be okay with that. Um, And I I feel like, yeah, in hindsight, I'm like, let's bring them in. Let's just keep trying until we find the right team members that, that love what we do and we love them as well. Looking away from the past, let's hear what Christy David is excited for in the future. Super excited. Yeah, super excited. Yeah, I think on a, on a business side, um, you know, we are looking to expand and, and we'll grow, you know, we'll go through really good bringing on some brokers and uh, we've got a good support system for our brokers that we're looking to, to bring in. So I can move myself into a bit more of that trainer leader role and then bring brokers in and nurture the next the next round of brokers and you know, the next iteration of brokers. Um five years i look at it you know i, I feel like we you would have at least you know three three four properties you know that were bought over that next period as well um and then the next part is probably taking an extended break in there so before our girls start school we've been speaking about taking you know a couple months off for example we can still run the business um you know put it out there and when you talk about it you know you either have to make it happen or you you, you, you fall flat on your face but you know i don't know we have spoken maybe could we could we live in bali if it's not for, you know, for a month or two, it's just like, let's just live this lifestyle. You can still run the business, for example, um, have the best of both worlds, be able to spend time with our girls you know, before they go into school. Um, but that to me, I'm like, that just gives us something to work towards. Okay, how do we engineer the business to not have me in it five days that I know what I'm doing, but also the team is then empowered to make decisions and help our clients if I'm not around as well. And I think that's a good place to be. So Aaron, you've achieved a lot and you know, you've run a successful business, you've got properties in your portfolio. How much of that success is due to intelligence, hard work and skill and how much of it do you think is because of luck? I tell us to clients when they say, oh, I got lucky, I'm like, no, 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 you created your own luck because you made a decision, yeah? So um, to me, it's not luck, yeah? Um, yeah, particularly on the business side, you had to roll your sleeves up and get it done. So that was all hard. That's hard work. It's blood, sweat, and tears. Um, the property side, look, you could buy at the right time and ride the waves. So there is an element of being in the market, but you still had to make a decision to be in the market and everything leading up to that point. You had to get your finances in order you had to do the savings. So you had to create some luck as well, and sometimes it's the market. And same with my business. The, the property market has been exceptional. So I just had to, I had to be here, but I also had to, to, to ride the wave and have the team and the support as well. So there's small element of luck, but I'd say 90% is rolling your sleeves up and making decisions and uh, and living and dying by those decisions as well. You make a bad decision, that's cool. Fix it, move on. And uh, I feel like that has been, that's our secret source. Things haven't worked out well from a hiring perspective. Learnt it, move on. Things haven't worked well out from mortgage choice. That's all right. Learn, move on. Things haven't worked out with, I don't know, this software. That's it. Learn, move on. And I feel like if you dwell on what's not working, mate, you just you, you can't you can't move forward. 
Whereas if you just go, oh, mate, don't worry about it. Let's move on. And Bernie's really, really good at that going, that didn't work. Let's just cut it and move on. And I feel like you need that yin and yang energy where if it was just me, it, it could it could really sting. Whereas having Bernadette, Damien, team members around where it's like, hey, we can lift each other up a little bit. It's like that's where it just goes, yep, we're all in this together. Let's move forward. And we tried it. It didn't work or we tried it. It worked really well. Let's do more of that. Um, and I feel like, yeah, business can be particularly lonely especially if you're the one making all the decisions. Whereas if you can share that load a little bit more with a good team, it makes it so much more enjoyable. Thank you to Aaron Christie-David our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show and you're a wholesale investor wanting to learn more about how I got started in alternative investments, where I've been able to use my equity and cash to generate 25 to 30% per annum returns to fast track my passive income goal, then SMS me your name and email address on 04-88-88-3132 to register your interest. Now, in a short space of two years, I've been able to achieve my goal and have tripled my passive income. To find out how, SMS me your name and email address on 04 88 88 31 32.